0: Hi, welcome to Eat, Sleep, and Don't Die, your weekly dose of nightmares and monsters, otherwise known as paranormal activity and true crime stories. Join me today as we talk about the life of Albert Anastasia and Corvin Castle in Romania. Welcome everybody to episode three. I've got a couple exciting stories today that I hope you'll love. But before we get started, I wanted to start by saying thank you again for joining me. Um, It's been a pleasure to host this podcast, and I'm so thankful for all of you that are listening. Um, Also, please join our Facebook group, it's ESDD Podcast Fan Group. You'll hear special announcements, you'll get first notice of new episodes, um, exciting things that are coming. We'll all be posted on that Facebook group, so that's where you will find it. You can also follow us on Instagram at ESDDpodcast. That's all it is. I post um, pictures of the stories I talk about. I post mm, not really much else for now, um, but I'm hoping to get some more fun stuff going on there. But if you follow now, you'll get it starting now all the way through the rest of this podcast. Um, You can also email us at die at com. You can send me your personal stories for the first listener episode, which will be happening the first Monday of every month. So it'll happen once a month. The first one's coming out October 5th, I believe, is the first Monday of October. So that's when the first episode will be coming out. I am so sorry for all that noise. My neighbor's Are kind of like animals sometimes. Um, You can also send your suggestions for future episodes to that email and I will add them to the list to be um, picked for a future episode and I will give you a shout out if I do pick one of yours for an episode so you will get that little special recognition for your suggestion. Also, a heads up, the next episode will be on Monday, and after that, every episode will come out once a week on Monday. So this week was special. We had three episodes in one week, from Saturday to Monday to today, which when you guys hear this, it'll be Friday. So happy Friday, everybody. I hope you have a great weekend, and I hope this kicks your weekend off to talk about Uh, some interesting stories with your friends, your family, whoever you might see this weekend. So with that said, let's get this story started. So our first story today is going to be the life of Albert Anastasia, and he was a mob boss in the 40s and 50s. So he was born Umberto Albert Anastasio on September 6, 1902, in Calabria, Italy, to Bartolomeu Anastasio and Mariana Polistena. Bartolomeu was a railway worker, and he died after World War I, leaving behind nine children, including Anastasio's seven brothers and one sister. In 1919, Albert and his brothers Joseph, Anthony, and Gerardo arrived in New York City working on a freighter. They decided to desert their jobs on the ship and illegally enter the United States. They gained employment as longshoremen at the Brooklyn waterfront. In 1921, he was convicted of killing George Torino, a fellow longshoreman, due to a quarrel. He was sentenced to death and sent to Sing Sing State Prison to await execution. Due to a technicality, he was granted a retrial in 1922, but the four original witnesses had disappeared. He was released with no further charges. That's when he changed his name from Anastasio to Anastasia. In 1923, he served two years for illegal possession of a firearm. In 1937, he married Elsa Barnesi and had four kids, two sons, and two daughters. By the late 1920s, he became the top leader of the International Longshoremen Association, controlling six local chapters. He allied himself with Giuseppe Joe the Boss Masseria, a powerful mafia leader in Brooklyn. He would become close associates with future Cosa Nostra bosses Joe Adonis, Lucky Luciano, Vito Genovese, and Frank Costello. Luciano had created the National Crime Syndicate in 1929. To reward Anastasia for his loyalty, Luciano placed him and Lepke Bucalter, in control of the syndicate's enforcement branch called Murder, Inc. It was a group of Jewish and Italian contract killers operating out of the back of a candy store named Midnight Rose in the Brownsville neighborhood of Brooklyn. Murder, Inc. committed thousands of murders, many unsolved, in its 10 years of operation. It was Anastasia's leadership here that he gained the nicknames Mad Hatter and Lord High Executioner. Through the years, Anastasia was charged with multiple murders. However, the witnesses always mysteriously ended up missing. And just to give you guys a little bit of background of the commission in Cosa Nostra, which you're going to hear me talk about, the commission was the governing body of the American Mafia, and it was formed after the Castella War. Um, the commission replaced the title of Capo di Tutti Capi, which means boss of all bosses. And I apologize if I'm butchering this Italian, but I'm not Italian. I'm Puerto Rican. And so it gets a little spin of Spanish in it. Um, So I apologize if you're Italian and you're listening to this and I am just butchering these names and words. Um, Anyway, so the commission was a ruling body of five bosses from five mob families of New York City, which included the Chicago outfit and Buffalo outfit, and then it included the Philly mob also, Um, and it served to mediate conflicts between families. And then you have the Cosa Nostra, which was the Sicilian mafia back in Italy, and when people emigrated from the U.S. from Cosa Nostra, they often became part of the U.S. mob families, and therefore immigrated into this whole commission era. Um, And Lucky Luciano was part of the people that founded the commission, including Genovese and Costello and Gambino. So all those big mob boss names were all, their families were part of the commission. They answered to the commission. So to continue our story... In 1941, Abe Rellis, a gang leader from Brownsville, Brooklyn, who supplied Murder, Inc. with Hitman for a decade, was arrested. This ended Murder, Inc. Um, to save himself from the death penalty. He testified against them, and this led to the conviction of seven Murder, Inc. members. Anastasia was worried that Rellis would flip on him and order a hit on him for $100,000. Relis was found dead on the roof of a restaurant. So, just to be clear, I kind of read that really quick. Anastasia was worried that Relis would f- would flip on him, and so Anastasia ordered a hit on Relis for a hundred thousand dollars. Then Relis was found on the rooftop of a restaurant dead. A grand jury ruled that he accidentally died trying to escape, but many believe that he was murdered due to Anastasia's $100,000 hit on him. In 1942, Anastasia orchestrated a deal to obtain a lighter and eventually paroling of Lucky Luciano in exchange for their help from the Mafia, including protection of the waterfronts and Luciano's associates in in Sicily, helping during the war. Anastasia also joined the Army, attaining the rank of technical sergeant, training soldiers to be longshoremen. In 1943, he gained citizenship for his military service. And in 1944, he was honorably discharged and moved moved his family to Fort Lee, New Jersey, which is right across the water from, I believe it's Brooklyn or Queens, something like that in Jersey. I could be wrong. You might have to look it up. (laughs) um in 1951 Anastasia supposedly killed Mangano crime boss Vincent Mangano and his brother Philip Anastasia went to the commission claiming that the brothers wanted to kill him but not saying that they were already dead so he pretty much went there and was like I think they're gonna kill me but he had already whacked them they were already dead um, so, with Costello's urging, the commission confirmed Anastasia's ascension to the bo- to boss status and renamed the family the Anastasia family. Costello's motives were to have Anastasia as an ally against Genovese. He was also supported by Joseph Bonanno, who just wanted to avoid a gang war. Genovese, who wanted to control the Luciano family, needed to kill Costello, but he also needed to eliminate Anastasia. He used Anastasia's brutal behavior, gambling, and breaking commission rules to gain allies from the Capos, which were, um, mafia men who controlled a crew of men. Um, so they were underbosses, essentially. Um, He also scared them by saying Anastasia would bring more law enforcement presence to the Cosa Nostra. In 1952, the federal government filed a suit to denaturalize Anastasia and deport him, claiming he lied on his citizenship application, and they lost that battle. They uh, said that he would keep his citizenship. And in 1955, Anastasia pled guilty to tax evasion, and he spent one year in federal prison, and he paid a $20,000 fine. The government petitioned to revoke his citizenship and won, but a higher court overruled this decision later that year, so he kept his citizenship and did not get deported. In 1957, Genovese decided to kill Costello, having Vincent Gigante shoot him. However, Costello was merely wounded and decided to relinquish his power to Genovese. Bonanno claims he arranged a meeting to keep Anastasia from immediately declaring war against Genovese in response to Costello's submission. In October of 1957, Anastasia went to get a haircut at a barbershop in midtown Manhattan. Anastasia's driver left him unprotected. As he relaxed into his barber's chair, two men with their faces covered, rushed in, pushed the barber out of the way, and began firing at Anastasia. He reportedly attempted to lunge at the attackers, but lunged at their reflections in the barber mirrors instead. They continued firing until he was dead on the floor, full of gunshots. Police concluded that Genovese and Gambino arranged arranged the hit that was carried out by Joe Gallo a mobster from Rhode Island. At one point, Gallo boasted about his part of the hit, saying, "You can call the five of us the barbershop quintet." Anastasia's funeral services were <clears throat> were conducted in Brooklyn, and the Roman woo, sorry and the Roman Catholic diocese of Brooklyn refused to sanction a church burial. He was buried at Greenwood Cemetery in Greenwood Heights, Brooklyn. His funeral was attended by just a handful of friends and family. His grave is marked as Anastasio, and that's it. His family has since emigrated to Canada and changed their last name to Anisio. After Anastasia's assassination, Luciano, Castello, and Gambino conspired against Genovese and bragged a drug dealer to testify against him. Genovese was sentenced to 15 years on narcotic trafficking charges. There's so much in mob and mafia history to cover, but I wanted to cover one specific person or crime at a time. So this is just one of the many stories that I'll probably cover in the future through this podcast. Um, And just a couple... A couple things in pop culture about Anastasia. Um, Anastasia's barber chair that he was in when the people came in to kill him is actually, um, it was sold off a couple times through auctions, but it's actually at the Mob Museum in Las Vegas. So you can actually go there and see it. Um, He was played by various actors in over five movies about mob going-ons. (laughs) <laughs> like things that the mob's mob does. Um, he was also mentioned in an episode of The Sopranos where Junior Soprano told Tony Soprano he wishes things could be settled amicably, 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 amicably. Sorry, I'm having a little trouble with that word. Um, amicably, like they were in the 1950s. And then Tony replies that he remembers seeing the picture of Anastasia amicably, in a pool of his own blood on the floor at the barbershop. Um, So if you want, you can try and find that episode of The Sopranos. (laughs) Um, And there's also a video game called Mafia 2, where Don Alberto Clemente is partially based on Anastasia's life and mob history. And the last thing I have is that Rick Ross, the rapper, Entitled his 2010 mixtape, The Albert Anastasia EP. Um, <laughs> So I just wanted to cover kind of quickly, but I was hoping that it would be a little bit longer um, about Anastasia. But I also didn't want to go too in-depth about all the other mob bosses because that would take up like three hours of time to even just get a little bit of history on that um but i will be talking about those other mob bosses in future episodes so watch out for those but this one um i really like this one he was just a big killer he he killed a lot of people in his 20 years in the mob um and he was that's what he was known for he was a hired killer before he became the head of his own family in the mob. So I just wanted to share his story, a quick, I guess a quick story of his. Um, I really don't have much else on him. So we're going to move on to our next story. The story today is Corbin Castle. Located in Hunedara, Romania, it's a Gothic Renaissance castle that was named one of the Seven Wonders of Romania. Um, The castle was constructed in 1446 over the site of an older fortification on a rock above the river. The castle was given to John Hunyadi's father by Sigismund of Luxembourg, king of Hungary and Croatia, as severance in 1409. John Hunyadi was elected regent governor by the Diet, which was the supreme ruler of the time. Um, The castle features large and imposing structures with tall towers, bastions, an inner courtyard, and diversely colored roofs, and a myriad of windows and balconies with stone carvings. Some of the towers were used as prisons, and one was solely used for defensive purposes. Um, So I'm going to talk about some people that were kept in this place as prisoners and then the ghosts that are seen on the property and around it and whatnot. Um, Vlad the Impaler was said to have been held prisoner here for seven years in a dungeon below the Hall of Knights. And if you don't know who Vlad the Impaler is, you should definitely look him up. I didn't want to go into a whole history of him because... There's a lot, but he was known to be kind of the inspiration behind Dracula, as well as this castle was supposedly um, meant to be like the inspiration behind Dracula, although the original writer of Dracula says it was not this castle, and he had no idea about this castle. Um, But to go on, um, Vlad, uh, Vlad supposedly went crazy, within the small dark cell that he was kept in. And he was traumatized by the screams of other prisoners being tortured, executed, and then thrown into the bear pit. Um, And the bear pit was a pit where people were just thrown into and eaten alive by creatures, not just bears. They would be eaten alive by wolves, bears, um, other big cat creatures, whatever they could find that would tear apart a human. Um, and although these stories are said to be grossly exaggerated it is likely that this is where Vlad the Impaler gained his obsession and lust for death and blood Um, and they say that his ghost may even haunt the castle because of all the stuff he had to go through there Um, another legend includes the story of a monk who was found spying on noblemen in the council room And the monk was punished and paid for it with his life. He was supposedly sealed up in a recess of a wall in Capistrano Tower where he slowly died. I imagine what they mean by slowly died was that he pretty much starved to death because he was stuck in a wall. Um, And many have claimed to see his ghost in that Capistrano Tower just meandering around. Um, The most notorious legend in Corvin Castle is that of three Turkish prisoners. They were captured and held prisoner at the castle, and the king offered them a deal. If they could dig a well that reached water, then they would be set free. Although a seemingly impossible task, um, they tried to anyway, and they dug for 15 years And they reached a depth of almost 30 meters, which is roughly 98, 99 feet. Um, They finally reached water, but their captors did not keep their word, and they were not set free, and instead they were murdered. And they managed to etch a message into the stone of the well that roughly translates to, You may have water, but you have no soul. Many claim that their ghosts still haunt the castle due to their unjust and untimely deaths. Um, another story is that of the Raven, and it is said that John of Hunedara, which would be John Hunyadi, was um, the illegitimate son of Sigismund, the king of Hungary, and Elizabeth, a beautiful woman. To protect her from dishonesty, Sigismund married her to one of his brave men and I I apologize I am not going to butcher this name because I have no idea how to say it. It's V-O-I-C-U and it was spelt differently before so I'm not sure which way I should attempt to pronounce it. Um, Maybe it's Voiku? Not sure. Um... But anyway, so the king married her off to this noble, brave man that he knew. Um, And the king had given Elizabeth a gold ring to give to the unborn child so that when the child reached the royal court, they would recognize the ring and recognize that he was a, a man of important stature, you know. And during their voyage, the ring was forgotten. It was set down on a towel at one of their rest areas on their travels. And so a raven um, found this ring attractive. It's a shiny object on a towel. So it swooped down, it grabbed the ring. And John of Hunadara tried to get a... Ooh, sorry. <laughs> John of Hunadara took a bow and arrow and caught the raven and retrieved the ring. And when he grew up and reached the royal court, he told his story, and the king was impressed and decided that the symbol of the Hunyadi family would be of a raven with a gold ring in its beak. Um, Corvus means raven, and that's how the castle got its name, Corvin Castle. And on the castle, you can see a stone carving of a raven with a ring in its beak which kind of gives weight to this story that um, John Hunyadi was actually the King of Hungary's son Um, and many ghosts inundate the castle due to all the tortured souls that were there Um, keep in mind that this is a medieval castle so the tortures they had there were just unimaginable um so there's probably a lot of spirits that are just uh not happy you know they've they their lives were ended in a terrible way, so I would probably haunt the place too if that's how I died um and there's said to be poltergeist activity, which is often violent um There was a story I saw of three people who bribed the guards to let them stay overnight in the castle and lock them in. And when the guards went in the next day and saw these people, they had bruises and were beat up and they looked really scared and said that the castle came to life, you know, and beat them up. So that's the extent of poltergeist activity that I read about. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, but the castle is absolutely stunning. It is beautiful. It's big and I'd love to visit it someday. Um, you can check out the photos that I will post on Instagram to see the outside, the inside. It's beautiful. The way it sits on the edge of the mountain just is gorgeous. So that's the end of Corvin Castle. Um, I mean, I could have went into its military history, it, um, that one tower that was used as, uh, solely defensive purposes had huge rectangular shapes that were cut into it or formed when the castle was built that were specifically big enough to fit military devices to set off cannons and things like that, um... And through the years, it's gone through much restoration. It's had parts of the castle built onto, um, additions added left and right. The biggest renovation it had was in the 1700s. Um, And then it more recently went under more extensive um, renovations by the country. And it's just stunning. It's beautiful. So... Go take a look at that and I hope you enjoyed that story. I would definitely look, I might do another story about um, Vlad the Impaler by itself so that you guys can know more about it, but I'll leave that up to how I feel in the next coming weeks. We'll see what happens, but I will definitely cover him at some point. So keep this story in mind. I'll probably bring up this castle when we talk about him, so take a look at the castle it might be somewhere you want to visit one day, see what uh what ghost you might be able to see. A lot of people take pictures and they see the ghosts in their pictures or they catch orbs, stuff like that. There's been um, ghost hunting shows that have been there. I know Ghost Adventures went there. Um, and if you know me, and some of you will get to know me, um, I love Ghost Adventures and Zach Baggins is the bomb. Um... So definitely I'll try to see if I can find which episode he went or they went to Corvin Castle so you guys can look it up and see it. Um yeah. So that's it for Corvin Castle. Thank you all for listening to episode 3. I hope you liked the story of Albert Anastasia and Corvin Castle. Um Let's see. Our next episode will be out on Monday um, I will be recording it on Saturday so stay tuned because I'll give you a little hint on the Facebook group of what it might be just like I did for this episode um, and the Facebook group again is ESDD podcast fan group so join that so you can be in the know about what's going on with the pad with the podcast um, I know I apologize for it every episode, but I honestly do apologize for any noise you might hear in the background from my neighbors walking around or slamming doors or jumping, whatever they do. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, that, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got for you guys today. Um, I had to do the research on Corvin Castle kind of last minute, not like super last minute, but. Like I had already read about it, I just had to write out my notes of what I wanted to say and what I wanted to get in the episode. But the story about Albert Anastasia, I researched for about two, three days to make sure that I got the major important parts down. Um, But yeah, so thank you all for listening and tuning in for episode three. I hope you'll join me again for episode four. I'm super excited about this podcast. Like I said in our very first episode, um, this has been a dream of mine for about five or six years now to join, not to join, (laughs) to start a podcast. And it just, it fills me with so much joy to sit here and essentially just talk into the mic and tell you guys about all these stories. Um, So thank you for supporting me. Thank you for joining and listening and Um, all the positive feedback and constructive feedback that I've gotten about this podcast is so much appreciated and I really thank you all for that Um, so please continue to do that because your constructive feedback helps me make this podcast better for you and everybody else Um, and then your positive feedback helps me feel good about what I'm doing and I I appreciate that so so much Um, so go ahead and join that Facebook group um, to be in the know about what's going on any new stuff that's coming out special announcements I do polls on stuff also so most recently I put up a poll about um, if you guys wanted more background information on these podcasts about certain things and I got An overwhelming response of, yes, you guys want more details, more background information. So I'm trying my best to get you the most information I can without going way overboard into things that you don't need to know about in order to get the story. (laughs) Um, So join that Facebook group. It's ESDD Podcast Fan Group. Um, It's a public group. So you can join. It doesn't matter. Um, follow me and the podcast on Instagram at esdd Podcast. And remember you can email us at eat.sleep and don't die at gmail dot com and you can email me your feedback, your positive or constructive feedback. You can email your me your personal stories that will be read on the first listeners episode. Um and you can also email me subscriptions for, subscriptions, oh my goodness, uh, you can email me suggestions for future episodes, and if I choose one of your suggestions, I will give you credit for suggesting it. Um, so yeah, the next episode will be Monday, like I said. Um, the first listener episode will also be released with a regular episode on October 5th, which is a Monday. And every first Monday of the month, I will be releasing a listener episode where I read your personal stories of true crime or paranormal stuff. So please get those into me. I want to hear your stories. And sometimes your stories are creepier than the stories I look up. So definitely uh, email me those stories. I appreciate them. Um, So I hope you all have a really good weekend. And I will talk to you again on Monday. So thank you again for listening to Eat, Sleep, and Don't Die. Alright, have a good one, guys. Bye.